1: Welcome to your partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and today we are taking a deep dive into franchising with my guest, Lance Growlick, and he is here to tell us what we need to know about franchising. We all visit them. We all shop with them. We all eat at a lot of them. I'm thinking Sonic, but how many of us really know if we need one, if we want one, is our business ready for one? There's just so many questions. In fact, I have a ton of questions, and we're going to do... Well, I'm going to let him talk, and then I'll interrupt a bit, and we're going to get as far as we can. So about Lance, he is the founder and CEO of Ion Franchising, and that's an industry-leading franchise consulting and development group, and he represents over 500 franchise brands and business opportunities within 90 categories. He also helps prospective entrepreneurs find their perfect franchise for free. I, yeah, I said that free. He also assists independent business owners in creating a franchise system. Excuse me. So Lance started out in the family business on Wall Street after receiving an economics degree. He then joined a TGI Fridays franchise in Phoenix, Arizona as a key executive and was vital to the rapid growth of this. Well, let me see if this is right. $225 million organization. Is that right, Lance?
0: That is correct.
1: Wow. Okay, he was also a multi-unit, multi-state franchisee of Wingstop and Krispy Kreme donuts and I have to I have to admit, confess I've never had a Krispy Kreme donut. I don't even like donuts. We talked about that in another conversation. Some people don't. I don't. So and he has created I know it it, it doesn't sound American does it. He has created countless startup brands and has become the industry leading donut expert. We're going to talk about that too. He is the founder of a donut chain called Pink Box in Las Vegas. And his latest startup bakery project is with a food network star. Lance, it's so good to have you here. I think we're going to, based on our previous conversation, I think we're going to have a lot of fun and share a lot of actually really good information.
0: Well, thank you, Denise. It's uh, it's. I'm glad to be here, and, yeah, we have a lot to cover.
1: We do. I actually was looking at my list of all the things that I think our audience needs to know, and I'll be honest, I don't think we're going to get through it. So just be prepared. About midway through, I may say, you need to come back, and I'll do it on the radio, so you can't tell me <laughs> no. It's very sneaky, but I'm just going to warn you right Perfect. now. <laughs> so tell Sounds our good. audience. Oh, thanks. Listen, tell our audience a bit about you because I've kind of touched on it, but how did you get started in franchising? What is your passion about this? Yeah,
0: you know, and and, and that's the word of the day, I think, is passion. And, and passion doesn't always equal profit, at least at the, at the time. But uh, I had a great opportunity to work for my father's company where he was a partner. They were the lar- largest over-the-counter trading house on Wall Street. I grew up in New York and uh, spent a lot of time in Manhattan. And uh, you know, after working throughout the summers as well as through college and just after college, I realized you know, a lot of opportunity in this world, and I want to create my own path. And I had worked in uh, restaurants and bars, and really, under, really understood and uh, and liked the hospitality industry. Had another sort of family friend that became uh, a TGI Fridays franchisee in Arizona. Talked to my, he talked to my uncle. And he said, you know, Lance is kind of bored on Wall Street. Maybe he'll run across the country here and, and help you with these four TGI Friday's restaurants he had at the time. And five years later, through a lot of acquisitions and, and additional new store development, we were at o- over 64 locations and, like I, like you said, $225 million a year, big booming business back in the day. And, uh, you know, it, it – it sort of got me really got me started into franchising because I started understanding what a franchise was really all about. So, uh, and then fast forward to today, I represent more franchise brands than anybody in the U S as you mentioned, we do free search for people. We help, we set up quite a few people that are independent business owners that maybe only have one or two locations or a home-based business or a coaching model. Um, And and I I know we'll get more into that. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but you know, when people think of franchising they think of McDonalds. They think of the brick and mortar restaurant brands which are still doing incredibly well today. But franchising has a gazillion other categories out there where people there are a lot of low cost franchises where people can make a substantial living, you know, even from their home. I just placed an individual, you know, sixty two thousand dollar franchise. It's all it is, home based and you're not gonna believe it, but there are actually people in that franchise that net over a million dollars a year from their house. And no, it's and not I'll, MLM.
1: no. <laughs> that's a you know, that's a bad three three little um I can't even think, Lance. I ate <laughs> I'm gonna tell, <laughs> it's a bad tell the bad three letter word. That's <laughs> a three bad letter word. I actually ate something before I came on the podcast. I normally don't eat until about midday but midday, but and we're talking about a, a, a franchise here. I bought some um, tamales from Texas. And, oh, my God, they're so good. And I had to eat one. So now, of course, I'm, up, I'm stopped up. I can't talk. Oh, boy. It's my own fault. But they were so <laughs> yummy. So I'm actually proving that franchises work. So
0: here we go. I'll just apologize
1: right now. I, I will clear up in just a little bit. But in the meantime, I'll probably make goofy mistakes. But. I'm so glad that you brought up the fact that small businesses and even virtual businesses like mine can become franchises. And I've been actually thinking about it, thinking, I wonder, is that something an independent who is completely virtual but has a lot to share, has a lot to get other people to share with her? Is that something we can do? And I really want to go deeper into that as we go into this this podcast and probably the next one. So anybody who's listening, it's not just for, you know, Taco Bell or Sonic or, you know, whatever restaurant that you drive through their window. It's for pretty much anybody who has a dream and a brand, I think. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, you know, it it really is, and so many franchises have started uh, as a result of, you know, if you think of an industry where there's a lot of mom and pop sort of small businesses, what franchises typically do is go in and and sort of perfect something. And I always talk about it being uh, the secret sauce. What is your secret sauce? So I'll give you an example. College hunks, hauling junk, and moving. A lot of people have heard of that
1: but mm-hmm. it's a moving
0: and storage to moving and uh, and storage and junk junk removal company I should say. And basically they they're really like a little technology company because 80% of your business as a franchisee comes either through their call center or through their website. So when you're competing with other junk removal companies or or local moving companies you know, college hunks is going to grab the lion's share of the business because they're just paying more for their search engine optimization. So there are very distinct advantages to joining uh, a franchise community. Um, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a local business done in a big way and you're going to have the support. You're going to have the mentorship. You're going to have the training and they have a fiduciary responsibility to make sure you're successful. Nobody wants to say there was a failure on their watch, so to speak. And that's how systems grow successfully. And, you know, the beautiful part, Denise, about franchising is there's a validation process. You know, once you are introduced to a franchise brand by me and you meet the corporate team and everybody likes each, uh, each other, I, I, I <laughs> the first phone call is like a coffee date. And then you, you get deeper into the process and it's, uh, you know, like uh, meet the parents type thing when you're dating. And, and eventually you get to the validation stage where you get to talk to existing franchisees. And really find out, take the gloves off, so to speak, and really find out how they're doing. Would they do it again? How's the support? What kind of money do they make? How long did it take to ramp up until they were were successful? Um, But in every franchise brand, just like every corporation, there are those employees, if you will, or in the franchise world, the other owners, there's that bottom 10% of franchisees in every system that unfortunately aren't doing well for whatever reason. But that's just life, because some people say, well, is, is everybody successful? Well, not everybody's successful in life. There are people that might be wrong for the franchise system, and, and, and maybe the brand selected a few bad franchisees that aren't going to follow the system and think their way is always better. And um, But the positive side of franchising is almost anybody, can get into a franchise, and and there's many low-cost franchises. I'm talking to a young lady now. She's got about 25, well, she's got 31,000 liquid capital to invest, to be specific. She's got $100,000 in her 401K, which she doesn't necessarily have to touch, and we're looking at many different franchise brands that are under 75,000, and there is franchise financing available for so many brands, most of the brands. And uh, so there's lots of opportunities out there for people that just want to put themselves out there and take that first step.
1: See, I never knew any of this. I mean, we take franchises for, you know, we know they're there. We're in them all the time. We're buying from them all the time. We're aware of them. But I'm not sure how many people, me included, go, what did it take to get that? I don't think we think like that. No. We just go, hey, cool, no, I'm, going I'm going to get a taco, and then, you know, I'm going home, and I've forgotten all yeah. about how did that business land right there, you know, in my town. We don't even think like that, do we?
0: No. And, you know, the most popular franchises today are still the ones that in most cases are quite visible because people see them, and there's that that name recognition, like you already mentioned. The restaurant franchises that you see on every in every shopping center – and in, in addition to that, there's a whole category that we call personal care. And personal care is everything from massage to salon. I mean, I have every franchised uh, hair salon in my, in my portfolio from supercuts to sport clips to great clips to, you know, fantastic Sam's. I mean, it's, it's, it goes on and on. And in fact, I have a friend that has uh, 20 uh, great clips hair salons and started with one that's it, just one. And he he thought it was a silly idea at the time only because he doesn't have hair and he doesn't have to cut hair. (laughs) But from a business standpoint, as as your listeners know, and as you know, you know, that passion we have, it might be for a specific business. People come to me and say, I only want a restaurant. Other people come to me and say, I don't want a restaurant. The only thing I don't want is a restaurant. (laughs) But people have a uh, passion or an idea and sometimes the pa- they don't necessarily have a passion for anything but financial freedom for their family to live the lifestyle with which they would like to live and that's what franchising can offer people because you know you don't you don't have a high failure rate if you pick the right franchise and you understand the ramp up period you have enough capital to hold you over because you, nobody opens the door and just Makes gobs of money. It takes some time to build that name recognition. I was a franchisee of Wingstop. Wingstop is an incredibly successful brand, but my very first location I opened only did $5,000 opening week, which is terrible. It was sort of expected because we were new in the in, in the town. But then when I opened store number four, I set a, I set a Wingstop record. I did 34000 or so. In fact, I like to have it here in my office on a little... little uh, little uh, crystal I created as an award for our team when we did it, but it was like 34000 opening week. So, but anyway, that's, uh, those are some highlights.
1: Well, and I mean, I'm listening and scribbling. You ought to see me. I'm scribbling like crazy. I (laughs) honestly did not know. I'm going to tell you, I've already said at the top, I don't know much about franchising, so I really was looking forward to this because you have so much knowledge and you know, it's a fascinating concept having a franchise. Or now, even looking at the franchises around you and going, "Hmm, I wonder what their journey was." Don't you yep. wonder? I do. So, what are some of the most popular franchise categories today? Obviously, restaurants, donuts. I really hate donuts. I don't know why. <laughs> I, really do. I don't a even like. A
0: lot of people smell of them. <laughs> A lot of people like donuts. It's certainly my uh, go-to treat when I want to be bad.
1: Oh, I just can't do it. But then I don't like sweet foods. Tamales, yes. Tacos, yes. Sweet foods, no. Okay, so what are some of the most popular franchise categories in, in different categories? I mean, there's restaurants, there's mm-hmm. you know, fast food, obviously, but I can't even think of any other hair. You, you mentioned hair, and well, had I thought yep. about it, I would have known that, but I didn't think about it.
0: Yeah, so I'll give you the answer to that. So the, the food and beverage category is is very very popular. Personal care, I already mentioned, is incredibly popular, um, and a lot of that is 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 the brick and mortar salons and whether it's nail salons, hair salons, waxing, massage, um, you know, med spas, what have you. The another enormously popular category is home improvement. maintenance services. So we're talking about, you know, Mr. Electric and, you know, um, uh, as far as home remodel, you were talking like uh, Uh things like budget blind, closets by design. I have uh, roofing companies, multiple roofing companies, air conditioning companies, Um, you know, uh, shelving companies like Shelf Genie and and uh, countertops and flooring companies. I have an incredible brand called Footprint Floors. It's a $68,000 investment. Um, A friend friend of mine had a, a candidate he just placed that bought six territories of Footprint Floors, six. And you get a discount when you get multiple territories, but a lot of people that have done this before really want the opportunity to scale and grow. And footprint floors, uh, as an example, all they do, they have a, a very unique specialty. All they do is the flooring installs. They don't care where you get the materials. They don't have oh. to have a showroom. It's a home-based model. I'm so writing that down. What, what I need flooring.
1: Footprint floors? There you go. Okay, thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> footprint floors. Um but but you know you're going to laugh there's multiple <laughs> mosquito related franchises to combat those pesky mosquitoes mosquito hunters mosquito shield mosquito squad um and and many of them i think probably all of them just use dogs you buy dogs you train <laughs> these amazing border collies i've heard of to that. go around uh and and not not a, not a mosquitoes. Sorry, wrong animal. I'm, I have geese hunters too. <laughs> so the border collies are not killing the mosquitoes, but they're getting rid of the geese. That's a whole other it's, one.
1: Right, right. Yeah. I've heard of something it's, where they're using dogs, which is very smart. I mean, dogs know a lot more in terms of scent than any of us ever will.
0: Absolutely. But it it cuts the learning curve for everybody. If you were going to, you know, do a a geese hunters type franchise or whatever, and, and, you know, you're going to buy your own border collie, there's a system to it. They've already done it. They have success. You can understand what their revenue ramp up is and, you know, the best way to get accounts without literally going door to door. But continuing on what you were talking about, cleaning services, especially in light of what's going on in the world today, cleaning services, whether it's made services like, you know, Molly made or eco made or, you know, uh, there's so many different cleaning services, also commercial cleaning, you know, for offices, everybody wants a clean office these days, there's master franchise models where you have a huge area. Um, you know, so I have tons of those as a company called Jan Pro that's been around forever, Maid Brigade, um, you know, Martinizing for dry cleaning, um, the Cleaning Authority, the maids, two maids and a mop. Um, you got pool cleaning companies. So the cleaning category is, is rich with a lot of opportunity. Um, I have an innovative company called Smash My Trash in the commercial um, waste management world. A lot of people uh, pay a lot of money to have their dumpster picked up in the, in the commercial Mm -hmm. world and smash my trash has a revolutionary patent pending system where they come by and compact that dumpster takes, you know, 15 minutes, save maybe about 70% of the cost of hauling off your trash because you're getting less frequent pickups. And it's hard to even get a territory of that. They're selling out in tons of tons of different areas. Alternative health care is a category all in and of itself today, and I have quite a few IV infusion-type brands. Um, people are getting IVs, you know, for the hangover cure, you know, or you know, they call it what the banana bag they give you to cure your hangover, give you some fluids. There's people that fortunately have cancer that are getting IVs, athletes, so the IV space is uh, pretty hot and franchising. Cryotherapy. Um, the fitness category, the sports and fitness category is huge these days. But let me, let me give you, uh, you know, so gyms and boutique fitness, smaller, under 2,000 square foot, personalized gyms that are very specialized. Like you might have a gym, I have a brand called Yoga 6 that's incredible, or Cycle Bar, or believe it or not, an assisted stri- stretching franchise called Stretch Lab that's doing awesome um a category I didn't mention yet that is is phenomenal um it's it's uh it's basically home care um some people call it home health but home care is one of the largest well let's see i have about thirty brands, maybe even more than that these days and most of them are owned by private equity groups already and the private equity groups go where the money is. These are, you know, these billion-dollar groups that hedge funds and what have you that buy up different brands. And home health, unfortunately, my dad passed earlier this year, and everybody wants to stay in their home if they can. And, uh, you know, mom had to hire a home home care provider to help with that. And this is, in many cases, non-medical. And here's the beauty, Denise, that most people do not know about franchising. The number one thing that somebody says to me when I show them a franchise just on a phone call and I say, hey, and I mention a brand for two minutes, to see if they what level of interest they have. A lot of people will say, well, I don't have any experience with that. Well, that's the best part about franchising. There's typically zero prerequisite. They want somebody that can learn because they figured it out already. It's, it's, it's also why a non-chef that doesn't know how to cook can actually own a restaurant franchise because they will teach you the system so anybody can learn how to do it and run the kitchen. So senior care is enormous. It's forecasted to grow literally for the next 30 years straight up. And most of these senior care franchises are under 150,000. Some of them are under a hundred, a hundred thousand to get a territory and it is an amazing process. You know, you have to be an empathetic person that, that you know, loves seniors, which I certainly do. But mm-hmm. mom got to experience it firsthand. I helped with dad as well. But, you know, you have companion care is all about, you know, may, maybe making a sandwich, um, running to the store, making sure somebody's taking their medication because my mom was exhausted. She can't do it around the clock, you know, uh, um and that's just the nature of what's going on in the world. Thankfully, people are living longer, which is causing this business to explode. I think there's 10,000 uh, people turning 65 every day in the United States. Another category, pet services.
1: I was Hot just going to ask people. you about that. That's a biggie. I mean, people a
0: love their pets. Mo- oh, yeah. A-
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. I just Whether- posted
1: this morning that my Chewy – this is sad – my Chewy bill – now, each month for my senior pets is now more than my grocery bill. i um, yeah, I, admit <laughs> oh, I live geez. alone and I'm careful about, you know, what I eat, and, unless it's a tamale. <laughs> you know, it's just,
0: yep. <laughs> I did my,
1: I was looking at everything over the first of the month. I went, holy cow, but you have to take care of them. So you, the pet industry is just massive, massive. So, it, it re- sorry, I didn't it, want to interrupt, it you, really but it's important.
0: No, no, no. It's it, it, it it's just a huge uh, growing industry. I have everything from, you know, uh, a brand called uh, Wagon Wash, which is they call Wagon Wash Healthy Pet Centers, the Paw Depot, Pet Supplies Plus, Canine Resorts, Houndstown, mm-hmm. dog, Dogtopia. There's Aussie Pet Mobile for mobile uh, dog grooming <laughs> or pet grooming, if you can get your cat into that. Good luck. Um no. <laughs> let's see. Yeah. And as far as business services, B2B type things, uh coaching businesses like Action Coach, staffing businesses. Uh, a lot of people know Fast Signs. Fast Signs is an incredibly successful, very prominent franchise. People see it in their shopping centers, uh, shopping centers near their house, Alpha Graphics. Um there are so many uh, medical, you know, medical billing, something like medical billing. Um, some of the experts have told me that there really can never be too many people doing medical billing for some reason there's always a need for that and we have several home-based brands that are under fifty thousand dollars for medical billing and they have one brand has a thousand people doing this in the US the other brand has five or six hundred and there's a tremendous amount of money you know six figure or multiple six figure income out of your house doing medical billing So I can go on and on. Some of the obscure ones that people would never believe, um, well, first of all, restoration. Every time, God forbid, there's a hurricane or a flood in somebody's house or they need mold remediation. um, We have quite a few restoration brands. We have vending brands. We have travel brands, technology services, of course, just general retail. Um, What I was going to say is I have – uh, crime scene cleanup franchise. And it it started because there was no nationwide company doing crime scene cleanup. Typically, commercial cleaning or home residential cleaning brands aren't uh, dealing with that. And I don't want to get graphic in this, but this no, isn't what you mean. where, yeah, this isn't where you see the body. This is simply cleaning up what happens afterwards and in most cases it happens in a in a home or you know an apartment or a a hotel and and people need help cleaning this and this is an enormous and very successful franchise incredibly hard to get a territory i have a candidate of mine talking to them about parts of the northeast that for some reason still have an opportunity but in most areas like florida i had a friend looking in florida and before you know it the state of florida was sold out for this particular brand. So those are some highlights. There's plenty of other categories. Kids, you could talk about kids all day, you know, tutoring and 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 aftercare and, you know, you know about STEAM and STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, arts, mathematics is STEAM. And most of these are educational or tutoring type programs, after school programs for kids' financial services you know, you can actually be a loan broker out of your house for twenty thousand dollars. And as a company that's been doing it thirty five years that can teach you that, you know, you can make fifty thousand a year or five hundred thousand dollars a year. It's up to you on on how hard you work. And that's one of the things that Denise people don't count on. We all know the difference between person A and person B. Person A might be the person that is uh well They don't want to work that hard, and there's nothing wrong with that. Those people tend to just have a job (laughs) and and get by with what they can, and that's okay. Um, And then you have other people that really want to work hard and, you know, don't mind working 100 hours a week so they don't have to work 40 hours a week for somebody else. But it is perfectly fine. I have plenty of friends that work, have big jobs, make a tremendous living, and are really, really happy, and they work for somebody else. And that's great for them that was never great for me. so uh, if somebody out there is interested again I do this for free. The search aspects of this is absolutely free and I could find anybody that wants you know that has a few bucks that wants to put themselves out there like I said, I'm working with a nice lady. Susan is her name. she's got twenty grand she's got some money in a retirement account. whether she has to tap into that retirement account depending on what brand she likes is another story but These days, here's the beauty of franchise finance. There's tons of money out there that banks are lending. The money is guaranteed by the Small Business Administration. So banks love to lend for franchises specifically. And you can only put down a 25% down payment. So if you want an $100,000 franchise, you're typically putting down a $25,000 down payment. But it cannot be your last $25,000. You have to show the bank that you have something to live on in the meantime and and if you had a retirement account like a 401k which some people do quite a few people do there's a way you can pull money out of your retirement your 401k and basically take a loan from yourself and there's no penalties those stiff penalties for for taking it out without your own without uh, irs approval there's nice big penalties you can pull it out, and, and an intermediary or third-party company will set you up a, a corporation to invest your retirement funds in a business like a franchise, in real estate, whatever you want. And you know, it's a it's an amazing way to borrow money for yourself and expedite uh, your return. See, people Denise forget with franchising, or maybe they don't know at all. But in franchising, it's not just the income you generate from your franchise. When you go to actually sell your franchise, as I mentioned earlier, as a home-based franchise I have, is only $62,000. What I didn't tell you is there's people that have sold that home-based franchise for over a million dollars. Imagine you get to collect a nice income while you have it, and then you can sell for a multiple of your cash flow that you built it to. So there's equity, just like a home. There's equity in your business. So it's great if it's in your 401k and it's earning typically 10% a year on average, which is great if you have the benefit of time that'll grow tremendously in 30 years, Um, but you can also expedite that and take out some of it and invest in a franchise for yourself so you're no longer having to rely on somebody else, especially these days where things are uncertain. I had a gentleman I placed with a franchise recently that called me and said, I'm not going to have a job in five years. So, well, that's some great forethought he he realized his industry is really being sent to China, and he's thinking he's got about five years left before he's told he doesn't have a job and we found him a great franchise he's very happy with That's that, my story, and I'm sticking to it
1: yeah no i I think five years may be hopeful at this point um I have a quick, I have a lot of questions. I'm scribbling like crazy. I want to ask you about, <laughs> you know, franchises for CBD oil. I have a new client. I have a, I've oh, got, yeah. i am been scribbling down numbers and names because I'm going to have people listen to this and then contact you. Um, and you mentioned USA and I wanted to ask you too, as we go along, you know, can franchises be purchased here and used in other countries? That may be a silly question, but I also. No,
0: no, no, no. I- it's I have not. a gentleman in uh, in Australia right now looking at American franchises.
1: All right, I don't feel nearly as stupid as I did when I asked it, so that's
0: good. No, okay. no, it's a perfectly good question.
1: Well, and I have somebody in Slovenia that I'm thinking of, so I just added him to the list. Partners, when you, when you have a franchise, can you bring in partners to help you? You know, before or after? What what does that look like? Because maybe you've got somebody who wants to have a a pet grooming or, you know, pet, I'm all about pets. I'm sure you can tell, but they don't want to try to <laughs> help themselves. Maybe they think they're not the best business mind. Do you bring in partners yeah. or after during how, how does that work?
0: Yeah. I mean, partners normally are brought in just for financial reasons. Uh, okay. You know, it, you know, so I was working with, I am working with a nurse in New York who wants to do an IV infusion brand, and it's about 100. Well, in New York, it's probably closer to 200, 225 to open that type of business. It depends on construction, and New York's expensive. So she uh, has a partner, and the partner has all kinds of business experience where she doesn't. So she also feels better. Not only do they have some capital that they can bring to the relationship, they can also bring some business know-how that the nurse doesn't necessarily have. Um, So that that does make sense. And I always coach and counsel folks that when you are bringing in a partner, no matter who it is, you have a great operating agreement. Typically, that's what's included with your LLC. If that's what your start, you know, your 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 entity is going to be, which is the most popular way to set things up. And and uh, the operating agreement has to really spell out everything you know, with no emotion attached to it, you know, everybody gets emotional and excited when you buy a business or a franchise, but before it gets crazy and before everything is either wonderful or things start off slower, spell out the relationship. Who's doing what? What are the roles and responsibilities? And typically in a franchise relationship, the franchisor, the parent company that you're buying the franchise from, if you have a partner If they have 10%, normally it's 10% or more equity in the company, then they have to come forward uh, and and also fill out paperwork. They have to have, you know, decent credit as well. Typically, like I said, about 680 credit score. Um, And, and, you know, so whether it's only 10% or 50% of the business, you're technically still a partner.
1: And don't you have to have an exit strategy no matter what you do, whether you're doing this on your own? You mentioned equity. Shouldn't you yeah. have an exit strategy as you're building this idea?
0: It would be it would be great, but not all people do. Uh, with a partnership, you should absolutely talk about the exit strategy mm-hmm. because what tends to happen, and this happened with me you know, a couple of times because I've had quite a few businesses, I wanted to move faster than my partner because we were already doing well and my partner chose to go slower. So how do you handle that? You can't always cover every single thing, but really, Denise, it's like a prenup. It's like a prenuptial agreement with a marriage. A business is the same thing. You have to have some forethought to save yourselves, both of you, if there's just two of you, the grief that you could have with these arguments or God forbid, a lawsuit later down the road, because nobody wins in a lawsuit when you're suing each other, except for the attorneys. You're going to spend the money somewhere <laughs> as you're fighting each other. So if you could figure out the exit strategy, um, you know it, it could be that you know one partner is going to buy out another partner, and you have to come to terms based on a certain valuation. It's an easy way to value a franchise. So it's based on a multiple of cash flow. Typically, it's three to five times cash flow. And there are quite a few franchises typically sold for, you know, four times cash flow of the average.
1: Hmm.
0: Hope they okay. answered um, that.
1: Yes, you did. And that brought me to another mental question, partner insurance. Because, you know, partners can be tricky. I've been there, done it. Don't really like it very much because I'm kind of an A-type personality. And I want things done my way, by golly. So I'm not the best person to partner with. I'm getting better, I think. But partner <laughs> insurance... <laughs> I think is a good idea in case somebody passes and, you know, all of a sudden the wife, the ex-wife is in there and you never liked her anyway. I mean, I can think of all kinds of scenarios.
0: So oh, yeah. that should and be that, part of the exit plan too. Yeah. And that's certainly part of the strategy as well. When you're setting up your LLC and, and you talk about, you know, the, the successors rights, you know, if somebody does pass in the process, what happens, how, to, you know, you want to avoid, uh, probate and things like that. You don't want to be you're fighting with, you know, uh, your deceased partner's spouse over, over things. But, uh, and there's definitely uh, uh, not to sound sexist, but it was called key man insurance. I know when I got a right. big loan right. for one, one of my businesses, uh, the lender said you need key man insurance. I said, what the heck is that? I said, well, if you pass this loan's got to be paid off. <laughs> We don't. We don't know what's going to happen with the business. We need to have enough insurance to take care of this, which is essentially like life insurance for your business. So uh, it's not
1: about. You. A, it makes sense to me. You have to have it. I mean, somebody. You're right. Somebody has to pay for that, and the bank would be really. That it would be bad business if they didn't think about that.
0: Absolutely, and the bank has every right to ask because they got you where they want you because, you know, they're giving you the loan, and at the last second, they're like, oh, and by the way, don't forget, you need this nice big insurance policy that's going to protect us, <laughs> and it's like, okay, got it, Right. going to well, get they the do loan that, without it.
1: Right, when you buy a house, you've got to have mortgage insurance, I mean, it's same exactly, thing.
0: Exactly, exactly right.
1: So, let's go back a bit to, um, I have a client that I just took on, and he's got this CBD product that he just loves and he's very, very passionate about it, but he's having a hard time moving product. And I'm wondering would a franchise be good for him for somebody like that?
0: Well, a franchise, and, and I, I definitely have uh, one great CBD brand uh, that I represent. Uh, It's a lot of fun out of Colorado Springs. And uh, typically with any, business. There needs to be some obvious level of success mm. before they start franchising. And so they can at least show that their model works, whatever that is. Um, so if, if as you described, your friend is having difficulty selling, uh, then franchising is, is definitely not the right way for them at the moment. Um, I, would, I would definitely figure out the system that works. And then the franchise system is really to duplicate and, and and scale that success, and everybody gets to take advantage of it.
1: Okay, that, that makes point. sense. Yeah, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, I'm looking at everything he's doing right now, and I'm not looking at what he's doing. I'm looking more at what he's not doing, which is what I think you're saying.
0: Yeah, you know, and 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 my advice for anybody because one of my favorite. Parts to uh, business is is the marketing aspects, and as we all know, marketing has changed dramatically over the years. It's an Amazon world, and it's an online world, and it's all about digital. Um, so, if you have a product that really works, get a loyal customer to give you a testimonial, and preferably, if that if that client has a face for ra- has a face for radio or a, or a great presence for for TV get them on camera and do a video, even if it's a 10 second or 30 second sort of testimonial of how this product has changed their life. And it's amazing doing Facebook ads, how many people will absolutely click on it because it resonates with them. The message resonates and they're going to buy the product and and do some sort of introductory price because it's, it's kind of like, I hate to say this, but whether you're selling CBD, CBD oil or, or uh, chicken nuggets or, or hamburgers, you know, people always like a deal to try they something do. for the first time. They yeah. love it. And, and uh, you know, brands like McDonald's, their value menu, or the, it used to be the dollar menu. Now it's not really a dollar anymore. Now it's a value me- menu or the deal menu is, is last I heard about 14% of their sales is that cheap really? menu because people oh. come and they get something off the cheap menu maybe, but then they're upsold to something else. And that's just marketing 101 that's been around forever. And you know, what can we upsell you? And and that's what I would suggest for your friend. And if his products are that good, you know, again, it goes back to Denise. What's the secret sauce? What is so special about what he's doing compared to all the other CBD products, oils, what have you, on the market? What is the difference? It's it. And sometimes you can get lost. Your message can get lost. It's just like I've told people, my expertise, because I've, I've been in the restaurant business so long, and certainly restaurants, and there's a lot of restaurants that have amazing food, amazing value, amazing service, that go out of business because they're lost in the noise. Maybe their location is, is two blocks away from where they should have been, and not enough people even know they're there. Who knows the reason? With with a pandemic, that's another story. But
1: <laughs> yeah. It is and you know, we're I, mean, I just had a brain freeze because I had too many ideas pop into my head at once, but we're basically today talking about two different kind of paths here. The top reasons to buy a franchise and then another reason why you would want to own your own franchise, meaning you start it. So let's kind yep. of you know, let, let's Fill those out a bit so people understand that I'm not just scattergunning all over the place. We really have two reasons sure. to be talking today. So go where you want. Do you want to top, You know, go with buying a franchise or starting a franchise?
0: Yeah, so, so let's just sum up where we were with buying a franchise. So the reason people buy franchises is there's obviously some brand awareness. There's certainly a system. There's certainly a training and mentorship program that you will have. The brand will forever do the research and development to ensure that the products or service and technology is is up to snuff. We talked about the exit. The exit with a franchise is certainly going to be far better than an independent business. There's a, certainly a secondary market for franchises. Um, that that you know again, typically four times cash flow, but three to five depending on the brand. Um, I mentioned that it's a proven concept, but you know, for all of those reasons, franchising really cuts the learning curve. A lot of people do want to start their own business; they want to give a give a, a shot on their own. For example, the IV infusion world. I had a gentleman I spoke to yesterday, talking to me about the IV brands that I represent, and he said, "Well, why wouldn't I start it on my own?" I said, "Well, if you have a couple of years to do your own research and development, quite a bit of money, go right ahead. But if you want to," Save yourself time and money. Set yourself, you know, choose from the franchises that I represent. Now, on the other side, if you're an independent business, so many independent businesses that do fine, they do well. They might have one or two locations. A lot of them feel stuck. They don't necessarily admit it. But how do they really build their financial freedom? Maybe they're making some good money but they're a slave to their job, to their to their actual business. Well, the way to really scale it is take those years of you know, school of hard knocks that you've already been through building your whatever company it is, whatever industry you're in, and talk to someone like myself and we'll figure out whether or not franchising is right for you. But why what happens if it is right for you to set up a franchise system? is not as expensive and costly as everybody thinks. My team will set up a franchise system for $32,000, and that's the franchise disclosure document, the franchise agreement, and in addition to the operations manual. Most people have some semblance of an operations manual, and we'll do a deep dive and all that. You're allowed to do uh, certainly a payment plan. It'll take take us about 120 days, four months, to set up, franchise system and and then it's go time two ways that a franchisor uh, a, an independent business is now a franchisor once they're set up and and you make money you have a franchise fee that could be anywhere from 25,000 to $75,000 that that a prospective franchisee would pay you to get into your business it's a one time fee typically and then there's a royalty and the royalty could be all over the place. you know four percent, five percent, six percent those are common numbers in the restaurant industry. so you're only giving up a you know five six percent of your sales, not your profit, your sales and you know it's it's an amazing way to build wealth, a typical franchisor imagine you only had one or two locations. you get involved with me, we put the right system in place. You hire a few people as you need to, but you have a franchise fee. If you have a $40,000 franchise fee, and even if you pay a commission to somebody like me or someone on my team to sell a franchise, you have a substantial amount of money left over from that franchise fee to put in the kitty, so to speak, You know your working capital. And if you do the math, your royalty stream, whatever that number is, you're worth a multiple of that royalty stream. That's what really counts in a franchise business. And franchisors typically can sell for 10 times. I mentioned four times cash flow for an individual franchisee. Franchisors can sell for at least 10 times cash flow. So if you do the math on what that, you know, five or 6% royalty would be based on your sales, your average sales, you can figure out pretty quickly how, you know, Uh, A $5 million business on a cash flow basis, you can sell for $20 million. Well, actually, that's four times. (laughs) But a $5 million business, you could sell for $50 million. It's pretty incredible how you go from a successful independent business owner to uh, a very wealthy, financially free, I get to do whatever I want type of owner. And, and look, money is not everything. You know, I I thought I needed to have a billion dollars when I was 20 years old. But I realized that, you know, making $500,000, $600,000 a year is plenty for me. I don't need any more. I probably only need $150,000. But everybody's different, right? I mean, we can't set everybody's goals. People have to go within themselves and decide what they need. I don't need a Mercedes anymore, you know? been there done that doesn't doesn't do anything for me but there are people out there listening that might need a lamborghini well we got to work a little more to get a lamborghini and protect you, you drive a lamborghini
1: i do not i drive a range rover
0: an old <laughs> range
1: rover i bought it when it was two years old i've kept it for years and i'll keep it until it dies <laughs> so i love gotcha. my car yeah i just i you know I, would i like a newer one sure do i need one
0: nope yeah, no, I, I I liked all those toys in the old days I mean, I'm 54 now And uh, when I was much younger I, I liked all I, I get a new car every couple of years You know, but it's just a Nissan it, That's all I need I don't care I have to have the big house, of course But the well, car yeah. is not important
1: <laughs> I have pets I need room for them But, you know, and these days I'm a total introvert I think I've shared this And my audience already knows this I'm a big-time introvert Not shy, just an introvert Look, I bought my house online. I bought my Range Rover online. I bought the Mercedes before that online. Walmart comes to my door every Saturday. I actually probably I don't it. need a car, but, you know, I I That's love funny. having it there. And I'm not going to go buy a $100,000 vehicle that I might drive twice a month. So, no, I, I don't need a new car. <laughs> Besides yep. that, I do like to get my money's worth out of them, and I've definitely got my money's worth out of this car
0: well good yeah it's it's uh it's nice when you get to if if you have a fancy car or or whatever I mean some people just like driving <laughs> some people need to drive
1: well, I enjoy driving, I just don't have to but yeah. so let's go I don't even know how we got off off track like that, but that was
0: fun. It was a nice little I time. was mentioning cars
1: <laughs> cars
0: here we go this, I need, this oh. episode is called Cars and Tamales.
1: I'm telling you, oh, God, I have to send you the link for those tamales. You're the best I've ever had. But listen, um, you're talking about cars and tires and, you know, marketing. Years ago, I live in southwest Louisiana, and this is one of those odd asides. But there was – this is back when I would actually turn the TV on. I cut cable years ago, and I think it was before cable even. We had three stations. You know, it was well, – this was in the 90s, I think. But anyway, there was this <laughs> – and and this little company is still around, and they are a franchise, but there was this really loud Cajun man, and I mean, he was loud, and he wore a bright red jacket, and he would get in front of the cameras in front of his, you know, it was a tire company, and he would say, tires ain't pretty, but you gotta have them. Well, yeah, this was years ago, and I still remember that tires ain't pretty, but I gotta have them,
0: <laughs> so, I love
1: it, and, and it was the most god awful commercial you've ever seen. But it has stuck with me for all these years, and I don't know if that man is still alive. I doubt it, but his franchise still is, and I hope they took that you know red jacket and put it in a shadow box somewhere, and so people can see it because they'll remember him.
0: <laughs> Tires ain't pretty. <laughs> but, El- Elton John but, should have it.
1: Yeah, there. Oh, it was red. I mean, it was just. <laughs> so red but you know that's the kind of I guess path you want to take do you want people to remember you and this is part of the business for me the business marketing you can have a franchise that yeah everybody let's go back to Taco Bell because there's one not too far from me and I avoid it because their food is very salty but you know it's there but if you go through there and you get stuck a couple of times in a row with a little snot-nosed kid that is just going to not treat you very well I don't care you're not going to keep going there you're going to go to Chick-fil-a where they go hey how are you or you're going to go someplace yep. else I mean if you are a franchisee this is my best advice you better make darn sure that your employees are really serving up a great customer experience otherwise I don't care how good you are they're you're going to eventually lose them you know people have to, to in days. we have to be funny about our money where we're going you better treat us right
0: you know, in the technology-driven world that we live in today, there's so many mechanisms to measure um, to measure success. Uh, you know, with service, I mean, speed. It's easy to main t- It's easy to measure speed through a drive-through these days. You know, every time a car pulls up, you're on a timer. How long did the car sit at the speaker? How long did the car sit in, at the window? Um, as far as uh, surveys, as you know, uh, here, here's the link. Go to the link and tell us how we did today. Um, maybe we'll give you an incentive, you know, a free meal or soda or whatever for doing that. Um, There's also quite a few mystery shopper type companies that will will gauge that. But, you know, you're 100% correct. Service today is incredibly important because there's some brands that don't do really well with it. And the brands that do, like Chick-fil-A, stand out and, and continue to excel.
1: That's exactly right. And just whoever's listening, you need to understand that there's customer service and then there's customer experience. They're two very different yeah. things. You know, if Absolutely. you've kicked me off enough, I'm not coming back. I don't care how great your deals are, I'm not coming back. I'm just mean that way. No, if you don't want me in <laughs> your store, I'll take care of that. I'll just go somewhere else.
0: Absolutely. And I think we're going to see
1: a lot more of that. People are like, mm, it's time to be fussy.
0: Yeah, and and look, there's too many options in places that we can spend our money these days. I mean, there's you can you can go online. There are people I know that don't even go to certain restaurants anymore. They love their food, but they don't like their service, so they just choose. They haven't. They're not lost as a customer for that brand, but they just choose to order online and and you know, in most cases, get delivery and have no interaction with the brand other than their great food that they like, because their service isn't good.
1: You know, that's, that's interesting because years ago I had gone into this one, a franchise, and I won't mention which one it is. The food was terrific. However, there were two things that had me just crawling over the top of my chair to get out of there. One, they didn't stop people from screaming into their cell phones. Two, they let oh. kids run around like little savages. I actually stopped the meal server. the My waiter and said, cancel. I can't stay in here. I got, I've got to go. I mean, I was crawling out of there. My skin was yeah. crawling. And I've never been back since. Their food is terrific. I just, that was such a bad experience. I've never gone back. Yeah,
0: yeah you know, there's, there's certainly so many options today. And, and businesses, like you described, at some point, they, they figure out that they have declining customer counts. And then they need to do a deep dive and spend a lot of money to figure out why.
1: Exactly. And you just gave
0: one of those answers. <laughs> you just gave yeah. one of the answers.
1: Oh, my skin is crawling just remembering it. It was really awful. Okay, so let's, let's get back on track. So if you really, sorry. if you, Did I mention I also have a chicken brain? I just kind of go where I want to go. So I think we've covered the steps to owning your own franchise business. Have we covered that? Because we talked a good bit about buying yeah. a franchise. But where should we really start other than talking with you and your company to owning your own yeah. franchise business?
0: Well the, the where it where it really starts, you know, you, you give me a, a call actually on my website, Ionfranchising.com. It's just Ionfranchising dot com. You'll see a free survey and that survey will take you it'll take you ten or fifteen minutes and your listeners can based on their mindset, skill set, risk tolerance It's gonna give me a good amount of information so I can understand what brands, what industries, what categories might actually be best for them. In, In addition to that survey, I will also ask a whole bunch of questions. Typically I spend a half hour or a lot longer than that in the first phone call with that survey. So when somebody fills out the survey, obviously I get an email notification and I, I follow up with that individual. I have a lot of people that fill those fill that out. And uh, look, there's never an obligation. And depending on if this is the very first time you're looking at franchises, it's a lot of information to digest. And I'm happy to walk people through it. Some people don't ever buy a franchise from me because maybe it's not right for them. Or they might buy you know five years from now. And either way is totally fine. I love to talk with new people and help them. Some people are just curious that's okay,
1: but exactly. thats how
0: the process starts
1: well i'm going to introduce you to several of i've been scribbling some more, and one of the things that I was scribbling we've got about three minutes, and you know I think we covered everything when I say we you covered all of my questions that I didn't <laughs> even have to ask because you're on fire here, Perfect. and I thank you for that, but one of the things that I wrote down is you know we're talking about covid and pandemic and you know how things are changing and they're probably going to continue to change in ways that we don't see. And you were talking about the college hunks, which made me laugh because, excuse me, when I do hire, like on Craigslist or something, I will always say I'm looking for starving college students. I will pay you this much an hour and a pizza. And they're like, okay. (laughs) They've got their own car. You know, they need extra money. They're terrific. So college students are wonderful. High school students, they need their daddy to bring them. Don't bother. You know, God bless them, but they're not there yet. (laughs) I'm not speaking from experience, but one of the things that I'm noticing is, you know, first of the year, you always try to clean everything out. You want to clean out, you know, where your money is. You want to clean out what's in your garage, in the attic, in the closets. And I'm realizing, as I do each year, that I've got an awful lot of stuff that used to be cash. Shame on me. Now I'm trying to get rid of it. And, you know, you can't take it to... You know, some of these donation centers—they don't want it, especially if it's soft goods.
0: Exactly.
1: They don't want it, so I'm at my garage and wondering if I'll get fined if I set everything on fire in my yard. I would be arrested. But <laughs> is there any kind of—is there any kind of franchise that can help with this, or should there be a franchise that says maybe go back to the the dumpster crusher? Some of it you just not oh, going yeah. to be no, able no, to no. give away.
0: So what do you do? Well, cop. Ca- College hunks will uh besides besides moving they do junk removal and oh. in addition to in addition to that i'm staring at my screen here i have total i have a total of five junk removal franchises besides college hunks i have junk king i have junk away junk luggers, i have moving you and junk you <laughs> right. I have five brands that you can call to have, you know, uh, junk removed. It's a big business. Because of what you just said, I moved recently and within the same community that I'm in, I moved and I couldn't believe. I went to we donated a ton of stuff. Um in fact, uh, so much stuff. But then I went to some other local charities to give them things that I find valuable. And they're like, "No, we don't take that. We don't What do you mean you don't take that? This is I just, uh, this is perfectly good. <laughs> we just this owned, is good stuff. <laughs> this this is is good it stuff, was good. I can assure you.
1: Right. right. I'm having the what same thing. What do you have to I'm, call
0: a junk company?
1: Exactly. And I'm telling you, my car right now, my beautiful Range Rover, I love that car. I mean, I really do. She's sitting out in the driveway because I have moved so much stuff out of my garage, not my garage, my my closets, I don't even dare touch the attic. I keep waiting for that to just collapse the house. I, I can't drive my car into my own garage, half of which is my gym, which right now is covered with stuff. Yeah, my garage is essentially unusable. If I buy one more can of Goya beans, i got no place to put it. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> A junk it is. I'm going to look at some of these just places. make
0: some tamales and, and use some of those beans.
1: I did. That's why I had the stuffy nose this morning. I you know, opened a can of black beans and mixed them in with my tamales, and I was so happy. <laughs> so,
0: Perfect. There you go. There you
1: go. <laughs> Lance, before I let you go, is there anything else? I mean, we're, not, we're still recording. We're not streaming, but people will hear this later. What else would you like to share with our audience? Because you have been an amazing font of, of just responsiveness here, and I thank you so much. You've just given us so much information. Wow.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, franchising is truly about modeling success. Uh, a lot of great, uh, you know, entrepreneurs out there, the Tony Robbins, Robins is of the world, if that's English, you know, uh, mention that success leaves clues, uh, models success. And then I, one of my favorite expressions, clarity is currency. If you can get really clear on where, what you want, In life and where you want to go um, that is some some good advice I I would like to give to anybody and uh, I'm happy to help anybody walk through that on what might be a best fit for them and the next stage of their life regardless of how old they are today
1: perfect where can people find you
0: I on franchising I'm all over social media and LinkedIn and uh, IonFranchising.com is the website for the free survey. Happy to chat with anyone.
1: Oh, you'll be chatting with people. I've got several that <laughs> I want you know, I want to have them get in touch with you now. Whether or not this is a good thing for them now, at least it will open up potential ideas. And I think that's what this whole conversation is about: potential ideas and Fabulous. where to go. You know, whether you're ready now, whether you're never ready, but. You know, just ask questions and learn. Lance, thank you. It has been absolutely wonderful speaking with you. And I thank you for all of the wonderful tips and advice that you've shared with our audience.
0: My pleasure, Denise. Looking uh, forward to round two.
1: Yeah, definitely. So before, and I'll send you an invite. Before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for some iTunes. And honestly, anywhere else you consume your business podcasts, I'm in Amazon Prime. Who knew? Just look for your partner in Success Radio and take us along on your success journey. Lance, thank you so much.
0: Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.